Welcome to Peer Into Recovery, a podcast with a focus on the profession of peer support. For more information about how to subscribe, please visit our website at www.vprsn.org. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Danielle Donaldson. In this episode, I'm going to be speaking with Dawood Nubian about forensic peer support. Mr. Dawood Nubian is a returning citizen who has spent most of his life on drugs and in and out of jails and prisons. He has over 20 years of recovery from alcohol and drug addiction. Dawood is the CEO of Project Deter Incorporated, a nonprofit agency committed to recovery, reentry, and family reconciliation. As an advocate for improving reentry efforts, he attends resource fairs, advocates for criminal justice reform, and is a statewide volunteer for the Department of Corrections. He has a passion for helping returning citizens remember, get free before you get free. DeWood developed a curriculum for forensic peer support while incarcerated and submitted it for approval to both the Virginia Certification Board and to the Association for Addiction Professionals. Each organization has granted him an educational provider status. To date, he has trained over 100 forensic peers and five trainers in Virginia. So hi, DeWood. Thank you for joining me. How are you doing today? How are you doing, Danielle? Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great great to have, have you be here. I, I'm excited about learning about this topic. Um, but before we get into that, uh, would you just give us a brief overview of how you got started working in peer support? Um, my my journey started um, while incarcerated. Uh, I started helping men who were illiterate um, learn how to read and write and write letters to their families. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't know that was peer support un- until I uh, was released and found and met a young man who did not know how to sign his name. Uh, I have a passion with helping individuals better themselves. So uh, the end result is that now they can read, they can write. Um, Peer support is just helping someone who has been in the same situation as you have, and you have come out better for it. Um, uh, I remember that when I was diagnosed um, with uh, manic depression, when I entered into the Department of Corrections, um, I couldn't spell my full name. And a guy came and helped me. This was in 1993 when I entered in. And I couldn't fully spell my name. I Drugs, alcohol, uh, suffering and struggling with, mental well, with my mental wellness, everything was cloudy to me. Um, mm-hmm. And so someone helped me. And he helped me with such kindness in a very harsh environment that I I, I, I just couldn't believe it because I always thought there was something behind him helping me um, and found out that he had true, genuine concern about helping me better myself. And that's how I started. I found my example and it was an example. Um, he's serving a life sentence. He'll never get out. Uh, but he helped me uh, see a better side of me. 
Well, that's such a great definition, I think, of peer support in general, because it's it's not just, um, you know, restricted to the world of recovery. There's just, there's so many ways that you can provide peer support. So I, I thank you for sharing that one. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so uh, before we get into it, for those um, who may not uh, know, would you please just explain what forensic peer support is? Okay. All right. Uh, forensic peer support. Um, it's 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 a trained a training in how to help individuals uh, who have histories of struggle and suffering with their mental wellness. I don't like the word mental illness. I don't use the word mental illness because I struggle and suffer with my mental wellness. Uh, I I get I get well and I do recover. Um, mm-hmm. Criminal justice involvement and every and individuals who have similar histories. Uh, I would not have. Uh, understood forensic peer support until I heard a young man share my story, but he didn't look like me. He didn't come from my background, but he had my same story, same abuse, same drug addiction, same uh, uh, struggle with mental with the mental wellness, and it it amazed me how how small the world was. So forensic peer support is helping individuals and supporting them who f- struggle with their their backgrounds, their histories, uh, have a lot of trauma from their past, from being incarcerated, f- from from before they were incarcerated, uh, and just helping them find their way, just giving a, a helping hand, not a hand out, but a hand up and actually letting them see themselves who they really can be and letting them themselves uh, find their own direction, find their own way, and really see the success in everyone's life. Forensic peer support is just like uh, regular peer support. The only difference is the lived experience of those who've been involved in the criminal justice system. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, well, I'd love to ask you um, how you were inspired to create this curriculum, um, and and what kind of work did you have to do to? Um, how long did it take you to create it? And uh, I, I I develop curriculums myself as well, so I as part of me is just curious, you know, from a, you know, a fellow uh, peer standpoint. Um, what inspired you? How did how did this happen? Well, uh, I was I was taking college courses while I was incarcerated. Um, my proctor, uh, Dr. Raymond Tatamy, um, told me to write my story. You know, write my story, mm-hmm. and uh, while I was writing my story and putting everything down and journaling, uh, it started in what uh, 1998 started journaling my 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 experiences and everything and when once I gave it to him he said you know this is a curriculum because everything I talked about was not just my experience but how I got through it what I had to do um, I didn't understand the word resilience until he gave it to me and, and helped me under, give a proper definition of it 
a lot of individuals who have been incarcerated, who were incarcerated before they were incarcerated. Um, that's a powerful statement. I, I never heard that before, but someone gave that to me a long time ago. He said, I was locked up before I got locked up. Mm. So I wrote, sat down, I wrote the curriculum one session at a time, um, started doing uh, a workshop, right? The first workshop with just understanding uh, how we can help one another uh, because we suffer and struggle with um, self-loathing, uh, bad self-esteem, uh, antisocial uh, behavior while incarcerated. We don't we don't like ourselves, so we don't like others. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, I developed forensic peer support uh, in in this vein in my development because I wanted something that would make us or develop selflessness in individuals who have always been selfish and me, myself, <laughs> <laughs> me, myself included. Um, in my addiction, I was extremely selfish. But once I got free from the addiction, I didn't know how to be uh, selfless, which is that opposite. So I had to train myself in how to be selfless and do it and without worrying about repayment, you know? Right. Uh, it's, it's a big thing about just doing something for somebody and not worrying about if, if they're going to do it back or remember that you did it or any of these, like the pat on the back. So this selfishness is what helped me create forensic peer support because that's his totality in one word. It's selflessness. It's helping another individual without you worrying or, or without you being concerned with what that individual can do for you. Powerful stuff. So um, once someone has taken this training um, and have, have the skills now as a forensic peer supporter, what does a day in the life look like for them um, when they're providing this type of peer support? Okay. Um, I started, like my days started in a halfway house. Um, I came home to a halfway house in Richmond. I'm not from the Richmond area, but I chose the Richmond area because I wanted to get away from people, places, and things. Mm. Um, so uh, it starts with in a halfway house, uh, helping guys wherever they are, meeting them right where they are. If they, if and I, I thought I believed the lie that I couldn't help someone if I hadn't helped myself. And that, that's a lie. I have the basic fundamental skills as a human being to help anybody on the planet. And because I believe that so wholeheartedly, I know I can help anyone. I can help someone walk across the street. I can help someone write. I can help somebody articulate an idea. Uh, I can help someone put a business plan together. And these are the things I do selflessly. I don't worry about what they can do for me, would they remember me or any of these things. But that's how the day starts. The day starts with, okay, uh, I know that Jeff uh, is looking for a job. Jeff is looking for a job. So, all right, Jeff, let's, 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 let's go over a resume. Resume is important. Uh, tell me what your goals are. Tell me what your passion is. Tell me what you've done while you're incarcerated. 
All right. Just resume writing. The day looks like me uh, not only encouraging, but I won't handhold. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't need to hold their hand. See, in peer support, we allow the individual to be on their own journey. That's who they are. And that's what they're doing they're on their own journey. It's the same thing in forensic peer with uh, individuals who have been involved in criminal justice systems. They need a little bit more because they really first we really don't trust people. We, we don't trust people at all. So someone saying, listen, how can I help you? We instantly get suspicious. Instantly. Mm-hmm. That comes from our antisocial behavior that we've developed while incarcerated. It comes from our past trauma of being whether molested, betrayed or lying or not having a full identity of who we are. And what is our purpose here in this world? So a typical day is just going out with a mindset that I can help any human being who has a situ- who's been in a situation I've been in and not worry about what they can give me or what I can or what or what they can do for me in turn. The barter system is 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 <laughs> the barter system is um somewhat in behavior in, in 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 being incarcerated if don't don't do something for somebody because everyone will always want to know well what do you want back mm. getting out that mindset set me free it allowed me I, I can help anyone now and it's very empowering i mean just hearing you talk about it it's it's just letting people know that just by being a human, you are capable of helping others uh, is an incredibly empowering statement. Do you think that there are any particular challenges um, out there when offering forensic peer support? Uh, Yes. Is is Uh, there a unique? Yes, there is a unique challenge. Uh, the the, The unique challenge doesn't come from other peers. The unique challenge comes from uh, the professionals, uh, the clinicians, the doctors, the bureaucrats, uh, the people in power um, uh, who haven't lived this, know that my lived experience is important, but uh, don't want to see it as uh, the, the totality of things. Um, my challenges have been um, presenting the curriculum to those who I know would benefit from it the most Um, uh, and have been stonewalled by bureaucratic red tape, so to speak, Um, because uh, how, how did, uh, how did this ex offender returning citizen, ex con, ex addict uh, write this fully uh, developed program how could he have possibly have done it? Uh, uh, we need to see it. We need to read it. And then when they see it and read it, oh, where'd you get this from? Uh, my whole material is copyrighted, uh, intellectual properties attached to it and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's unbelievable that I did it, wow. you know, that I could have done it uh, because of my history. When they look at my, my background, they said, how did you do this? How could you possibly do it? I I, I, I don't want to explain it like, it was some miraculous revelation. 
this is my life. This is my life. This is what I always, my purpose for being here on this earth, to help under, help individuals who have gone through what I've gone through. That gives my, that, that pays my rent for being here, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Mar, um, it was Martin Luther King who said that uh, our service to others is our rent we pay for being here. Hmm. So I developed. Well, and, you know, you're, you're an expert, obviously. I mean, that's, that's what we learn in, in your support and recovery is that you're an expert in your own life. Um, and that, that alone qualifies you to, uh, do everything that you've done so far. I, I, I could have, and, and then Danielle, um, I decided to go back to school. I'm, I'm presently in my master's program. Wow. Congratulations. Um, Because I found that, um, my lived experience wasn't, uh, wasn't enough for them, for certain, for other people, for me to go into certain doors, you know? Mm -hmm. So I decided I didn't want to, I didn't just want to open doors, right? I wanted to own the building. <laughs> I, I, for everyone who told me, oh, you can't come in here or you can't be in here. I wanted to go back and says, uh, and let them know that there's new ownership. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my ambition yeah. uh, to to let individuals know that it can if if it can happen to me uh, if if I mean me um the kid who was molested uh by his uncles and his sisters uh the kid who had bad who did heroin at 11 started getting addicted uh real early and couldn't stop wouldn't stop decided that the best thing for me was to be on the streets with gang, with gang members, stealing, robbing, hurting people, uh, and doing all this type of stuff that I thought was really what I was supposed to do. Because that's all I saw all around me. I thought people going to work every day, doing, going on a job, were the worst people on the planet. Mm -hmm. But those were my images. So once I found and I discovered that I was the worst person, I stopped looking at everyone else and started looking at myself. So now when I go to guys and I teach them about this, personally those who are still incarcerated, um, I give them a simple exercise. The simple exercise is this. For 30 days, you are to look into a mirror every morning and say, I love you. Simple task. But it's simple like- Simple and hard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> simple yeah. and hard at the same time. Yes, but it, it's, it's so simple and it's life-changing. Because I was given that task for 30 days, did it, and I found, I fa I found that I, ne I didn't like myself. I didn't like myself, I didn't, none. Because when I looked myself in the mirror, I didn't like what I saw after I got clear away from the drugs and everything. I, I didn't like what I saw. So telling myself I, I love you was like weird at first. It was mm -hmm. real weird. And then after a while, 
it felt like the most natural thing for me to do. So I could tell a woman I love her. I could tell my family I love them, right? But how can I tell them consistently and constantly those three words, but I can't tell myself? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, we share the concept of uh, self-care and self-compassion. And it's amazing how hard self-love really is. Um, it is. You know, it's, it really is. It, it should be simple. It should um, be. It should be. But uh, it's definitely a challenge for us all. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you um, about, uh, you know, does this particular type of peer support have any specific roadblocks? Um, I was particularly thinking, you know, um, barrier crimes. Do you have any uh, experience with um how to navigate that? I have. Um, forensic peer support actually uh, dismisses barrier crimes because now the record is a, has to be a part of the resume. And mm. the mess of the past is the message for those who are similarly affected. Take, for example, um, uh, the drug court in, in Norfolk or in Richmond which are now really what they call mental health courts. Uh, The person, the individual uh, really doesn't know really what's going on, right? Even if they've been there multiple times, they really don't know what the outcome could be, all right? Imagine having someone to talk to and talk you through through that process because they've been through the same process. See, it, it, it doesn't alleviate what's happening, but it actually eases the person in their mind and their thinking, helping them to make a better decision than to our natural as, as addicts, uh, at, and ex as social deviants, we have the tendency to lie about everything. No, I didn't, I won't dare. I didn't do it. No, no, they made a mistake. My PO sit down and just don't like me <laughs> or my, the, the famous one, that I, the famous lie that I've ever lived in, it was the white man who made me do this. So now you're having someone looking at another person, right, who has been through what you've been through and has become now your lie detector, calling you on all your stuff. So you actually get a mirror of your reality, a dose of it, a real look at it, because peers actually see each other it's, it's, it's a mirror image. Mm-hmm. It's a mirror. So the, the challenge, well, I guess some of the roadblocks and challenges would be that uh, I've never had a peer who did not give in. I never got I never had a peer who got never getting it in, uh, whether in the drug court, whether in halfway houses, whether in the jails, uh, and then training peers, other other peers, once they've been released, okay, training mm-hmm. them even more of how to go back in and help others. It, it, it was the greatest, the greatest resource that we have is not, is not minerals. The greatest resource we have is people, individuals who helping, who help each other. That's what peer support is all about. 
do we have a lot of um, forensic peers working um, in this way do we, in, yeah. in, in Virginia? Yes. It, well, I know in the central in central region in uh, Richmond, Petersburg, Chesterfield, Henrico. Um, I just trained. Uh, I just trained two trainer trainers in the Tidewater area. So they're in Chesapeake, uh, Suffolk, uh, Virginia Beach, Portsmouth. There's a training coming up that they're doing. Um, I, I I'm waiting for. I'm waiting to train someone in in the um, Northern Virginia area as a trainer um, and in the Western region as a trainer. Uh, what I wanted to do was take, like do the four, the four central regions of Virginia um, and train a male and a female. The reason why uh, there are things in forensic peer support that I, I, I really give to females because there's a trauma section in the course curriculum. And females can talk talk to other females better than males can. Males sometimes males may be the product of that trauma, mm-hmm. so they can't speak to females concerning it. So I I like to te- I like to give the make our my trainers one male one female mm-hmm. in each in each region, so they can uh, tag team with one another. In other words, I, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. yeah, it's a dual, it's a dual uh, system where they can help one another. Right, right. They're, they're providing peer support to each other while they're providing peer support. <laughs> well, that's right. That's, yeah, right. that's yeah. right. So do you have any recommendations or suggestions for people who would like to get into this particular type of work? Yeah. Um, uh, I just trained that, uh, I just, I did a training on uh, the National Association of of Social Workers, right? Mm-hmm. Social workers who work in uh, Department of Corrections, in the jails, who are, who work as as social workers as counselors, and they wanted to know how they can better do their job. I let them understand that then I have to take out. You cannot be a peer in your capacity. Because in your professional capacity, you can't divulge your history. Right. Right. So how do you how do you make it work then for you? So I give them uh, an extra dose of trauma informed care. Because trauma is the biggest the biggest underlining factor in men and women who be who turn to drugs, uh, struggle and suffer with their mental wellness, or get involved in criminal behavior. Trauma is one of the one of the biggest factors. It's an underlining factor. Yeah. So I give them extra dose of trauma informed care, so they can see it from the person's point of view, instead of seeing it from what they've learned through their education. See, they may not have had that experience, but right. now they can feel the person's and be empathetic to the person's plight. And understand a lot better why the person, why the behaviors, uh, what's what's the thinking, why all this happens. If you understand that there was a traumatic event that this person is still living and being affected by, even though it happened when they were six or seven. Mm-hmm. 
So, so what is uh, the the future? Uh, what what kind of future do you see for forensic peer support um, in general, uh, or you know, in Virginia in particular? Well, in, in I, I I believe I believe in Virginia, it's it's going to be impactful. In Virginia, uh, or not just in Virginia, but in the United States, uh, there was a model created called the sequential intercept model which uh, actually was a model set up um, to help individuals map where they can intercept with people who suffer struggle with their mental wellness at criminal justice settings, um, in the courts, um, the initial arrest, um, uh, sentencing, uh, in prison or in jail, reentry, everything. So this intercept, this sequential intercept alleviates barrier crimes because if you don't have the lived experience, you cannot be impactful at any of the intercepts. Okay. So that has produced a workforce, a job, it's job creating. There's already a model being there's all there's a model in Alexandria, Virginia, I do believe, of of how they're following the model and implementing it. Um, but the model can be in the model can be implemented by pretty much anyone in law enforcement, anyone at at a hospital, uh, anyone in the in district probation and parole offices. Uh, it can be in any court. It can be at any halfway house. Um, in mental health court. So these people, uh, their, their, their background actually helps their resume. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? So the barrier, yeah. yeah, the barrier crimes, the barrier crime can't be a factor in this job placement. Yeah, that's excellent. I love that idea. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's a new workforce. Just like when peers first start, when peer work just started in Virginia, and it was certifications and everything like that, that that started a new workforce. Mm -hmm. Those weren't jobs. That was career minding. That started careers for people. But for those who had certain crimes, they couldn't work in the field. They couldn't. So a lot, a lot of individuals got extremely frustrated and irritated for taking this long training and not being able to utilize it in the workforce. So in forensic peer support, uh, a person who has, has a history of large drug-induced drug uh, comas uh, can, go, can, set, can really help EMTs, can help, yeah. uh, can help in the hospitals with those who attempt suicide. So here, there's this a new workforce a new complete workforce in the jail setting, helping those who are coming in through the initial, uh, in, in, in what they call the drunk tank. In that initial setting when they're first being booked. These are all the places where the resource of, of utilizing peers can be also useful. Yeah. But the certified peer who doesn't have this lived experience can help. So it must be someone who's been in that situation before. Mm -hmm. And 
it was really it was really sad when we discovered that 65 percent of most of the peers who took the original peer uh, programming in 2016 and 17 had had barrier crimes. So they couldn't go into the workforce. Wow. I had no idea it was that high. It was so it was and, and a lot of them got discouraged. Yeah, rightly so. Yeah, they got mm-hmm. real discouraged. So I I've trained I've trained those individuals. So now they go to work in the jails. Because their their felony actually helps them. And with ban the box in a, as a state employee, they can be state employees. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, the Department of Corrections has has Harold under Harold Clark's uh, as under Harold Clark's authority and leadership has hired many ex offenders to help ex to help offenders really make it make it in society and never come back. That's why his drop the drop in the state's recidivism rates because they're actually getting the help. They really need. And individuals are making a choice now not to recommit crimes or go back to criminal behavior. Wow. Do you have any, um, as we wrap this up, do you have any resources you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah. um, They can go to our website uh, at uh, www.deterdetertoday.com. T O D A Y dot org. Uh, uh, we have a list of our trainings. We do trauma informed care. I've just added into the training um, CPR and and first aid and AED training. I'm going to add tra- I'm going to add TOVA or therapeutic options in the training. Also, uh, the reason why is I want them. I want individuals just like I was given opportunity to have options mm-hmm. to actually be able to to do find your niche help individuals and train other people really train really really train um, I just trained um, individuals at the McShin Foundation which really does a lot of good uh, great work in helping peers. I want to take the training to North Carolina, um, strengthen peers in in Harrisonburg. I just mm-hmm. did a big training up in there. Strengthen peers is a good, great organization. Also, uh, Lighthouse Recovery with with Marjorie uh, with with Marjorie is a great organization. So there are a lot of organizations that are helping peers who have this experience of being incarcerated. All right. So there's so many resources, so many places a person who has been incarcerated can go that they don't have to feel hopeless no more. And they don't have to feel like they have to commit another crime again, just to eat, just to survive or just to live. Wow. Well, thank you, uh, Darude, for what you do. And thank you for joining me today. And I also want to thank the audience for listening into the peer to the Peer into Recovery podcast, which was brought to you by the Virginia Peer Recovery Specialist Network and Mental Health America Virginia. If you like our show and would like to subscribe to the podcast, please visit our website at www.vprsn.org 
and please leave us a review on iTunes. Take good care of yourselves, everybody. Talk to you soon.